Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 243 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Seth Fred Olive, and we have the full crew here this week kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. What's going on this week, Richard? Hey, Seth. Almost ready for rotation. Almost. <laughs> So close. Also, uh, congratulations. I, I'm, uh, heard you 5 0 <laughs> in modern with Ren and Six of all cards. I did. I, I was waiting for my deck to show up on this website called MTG Goldfish. And then I was ready to type an angry email to the, to the website if it didn't, but it showed up. Wizards recognized my brilliance. It's a new archetype. Check it out. Oh, yes, we, we'll probably end up playing it on stream. It does look really sweet. So congrats to that. And of course, we also have. Krim, what's going on today, Krim? Hey, how you doing? We're uh, we're we're a day away from the uh, early access event, so I'm excited to be playing a ton of standard. Yeah, so basically, we have the full Throne of Eldraine spoiler out, and this week we kind of get the set filtering out in digital over the course of the week, and then this weekend's pre-release. Uh, so that's going to be one of our topics for today, kind of wrapping up the full set of Throne of Eldraine. But also, there was some other news that came out this week. We got a kind of new product announcement, the Deluxe Collection uh, that we heard about. So we're going to talk about Deluxe Collection. And also, we got our very first Arena State of the Game. Basically, like, State of the Beta, but now that the game's actually officially releasing and not in beta anymore. So we got some cool information about upcoming Arena stuff as well. So that's on the docket, too. And, of course, answering your fish mail. So that's the plan for today. But before we jump into it, a reminder that our show today is brought to you by SpikesAcademy.com. And they presenting a new course about limited this time with hall of famer and great limited player ben stark and in the course ben will teach you how to build better graph concealed decks and how to evaluate cards in limited so get ready to crush your next pre-release tournament with spikes academy and the new limited course with ben stark you can even use the code goldfish to get a five percent discount today over at spikesacademy.com so thank you to spikes academy for supporting the show so let's talk some Throne of Eldraine. We got the full set spoiler, and there's a couple of cards we're going to talk about, but mostly, what do y'all think about this set? Now that we have the full picture, it started off kind of weird. I remember, like, our first spoilers were getting, like, Oku, and we didn't even know what food was. Now we got the full picture, so where are you all at with Throne of Eldraine now that we actually see the entire set? Oh, I mean, well, the set is just amazing. Like, it, it is... I, I think... This set, I think we were talking about a little before, but I think the, the amount of cards this will put into modern, the amount of cards that like just from the pure power level of this set is absurd. I, I, I love it. I'm ready for the memes. <laughs> <They're>, like <laughs> turn into pie, you know, bake into pie. Uh, bake into all, pie. Yeah. All, all the food tokens, uh, didn't say please. Like I, I like these inside jokes that Wizards is adding, but like Krim said, the set is insanely powerful. Get ready for a strong standard. I'm excited to see what happens to these cards in older formats, modern, legacy, yes, even historic. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I, I, I feel like Wizards really pushed it. I love the uh, promotional adventure cards, like the the fairy tale art, the alternate frame. Uh, we're gonna talk about it, but the deluxe edition is a cool experiment. So I think Wizards is uh, trying to try to start. Or try to end the year. I guess it's like Q4 coming up. 
They got to pad their numbers for sales, so Hasbro's happy. Uh, so they really pulled out all the punches here. So I think it's 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 going to be a good set. Yeah, I'm definitely hyped for it too. It is probably the most like dad jokey set of all time. I think just <laughs> dad with jokes. all like the food puns, Come and, like the it's... Monty Python <laughs> references, and <laughs> they just they just have so many little jokes like that, which I think is pretty funny. Wait, what's but the Monty I'm Python reference? Oh, like the Black Knights in there. Uh, you could even say uh, the shrubbery, <laughs> the Great Henge. I, it depends on how deep you want to go and how much you look into uh, how many times you've watched Monty Python. I, I've never Holy watched Grail, but... Monty Python. No, what? Just kill kill what me now, YouTube is comments. That? You've never seen <laughs> no, Holy Grail? No, I haven't. <laughs> My mind is blown. I it's thought like, that that was a movie that literally every Magic player had seen. That's probably like 20 times that's at least. I, I have not seen that at all either. Uh, oh, oh actually, it either. no. It, I, I saw it randomly on like late night tv and then i was like i i'm good and then i just skipped it <laughs> oh my oh and you make fun of me okay so you guys cannot make fun of me for not watching marvel anymore if y'all have never seen monty python's holy grail i will not take any crap about not watching superhero movies ever again <laughs> done but, but like not why a does an old movie that like yeah. you know <laughs> Is like a specific pop culture reference. One is like literally stuffed in your face everywhere for the last eight years or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't even know how you can miss a superhero movie. <laughs> I was too busy watching Monty Python's Holy Grail. For is the there third only time one movie? The 20th time. It's only one movie. I thought movie. it was a TV show. Yeah. Is it a series or a movie? Monty Python is a comedy group or was a comedy group. So they have movies. They had a TV show as well. But Monty Python's Holy Grail is like one specific movie that they made that has to do with knights and King Arthur and the Black Knight card that we have, the, the one where you remove a counter whenever it deals damage. That's a pretty direct reference to like one of the most famous scenes in the movie where where the Black Knight keeps getting like limbs cut off but keeps trying to fight. And if you look, it's like a top down <laughs> oh. design of literally a knight from that movie. Yeah. But anyway, uh, this isn't the Monty Python podcast. This is this is a magic I, podcast. I it was so pop culture week with the uh, the Goldfish Crew. <laughs> <laughs> what led by Seth. I, <laughs> I still can't believe you guys haven't seen that movie, but uh, that that doesn't matter anymore. So what cards are we talking about today, Richard? We have a short list because uh, we've talked about a lot of them, and we will. We have, like, the top ten videos coming up and all that stuff, so we'll talk about them more. But what cards uh, are we talking about today? All right. So I think we've talked about most most of the exciting cards because Wizards front-loaded uh, previous season. Uh, but we'll talk about some of the mythics that, that came out last week. So we have the Great Henge. It's part of our legendary artifact cycle where you have a crazy expensive card and its cost is reduced. So this is the green one. Uh, seven green green, nine CMC. This spell costs X less to cast where X is the greatest power among creatures you control. Tap to add double green, you gain two life. Whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one plus one counter on it and draw a card. <laughs> I, I think so this has to, it has to be one of the best commander cards I have ever seen. Like this, this is just like an auto include in almost any green deck. I think a commander. Like, why would you not want this? It's almost like Zendikar Resurgent, but sometimes it's going to cost two mana, and it could be a mana rock. It's just like so incredibly powerful for commander. What do you guys think about standard though? Like, is this going to be a standard card? Uh, yeah, I yeah. still could see it being a standard card. I mean, it's like it. it it's not that hard to reduce its cost. It may not come down on turn two, which is fine. I mean, it won't, but like, <laughs> I, I think the card is, is, 
it's just very good. Like, I mean, if you resolve this, this is a crazy engine that, you know, green, like, can keep up with. Like, this way, you like, because you have all the control decks and the numerous ways they can draw. Uh, even even the, like, like light up the stages. Well, this is just, like, green's version of card advantage. Yeah. Galta is it's a little just, sad. But we, we have Questing Beast. We have... Um, what is the Beauty uh, and the Beast card? The three mana five five. Uh, Love struck beast. Love struck yeah, beast. That's what I, I meant. That's one of the easiest ways to make it work. So yeah. that would make this a four mana card, which uh, when you cast it, you get two mana back. So it's pretty good. So I, I feel yeah, like, like mid rangey decks might sideboard this card, maybe even main deck it in standard. Oh yeah, main. I I would. Well, I mean, I'll try to main deck it, but right now it seems main deckable yeah like even questing beast you curve four into five right so like yeah. just a lowly four power creature that's not even that above curve in terms of power toughness like works i definitely i i'm curious i want to try it in like a golgari deck it seems like you can like goose on turn one into lovestruck beast or rotting regisaur on turn two oh. and then play this on turn three and then uh, if you get this down on turn three i don't know how you lose you can even cast up the else right away and gain life like this card just seems busted to me yeah rotting like, i mean Regisaur. rotting registrar makes us two <laughs> mana so that's that's one of the things i was looking at. i was like ooh, would would rotting registrar work and uh like it, it even gains the two life to help you like against aggro so but you have to play <laughs> rotting registrar does anyone play that in standard <laughs> yeah, yeah it's pretty good For- in rakdos I mean, I every time i play it in modern i i want to cry <laughs> well so i think that's, I think that's that it different. might have a shot now that we've had rotation. Yeah. Like, there's a lot less competition now, so I think it might be Registrar's time to actually do something. Well, I mean, like, like if you look at all the Rakdos decks running around in Standard 2020, uh, they they have Rotting Registrar, and they have, like, a full play set of them. Because it's... I've been... Re- I've been working on, like, Mono Black with Rankle. I think that Curving Regis aren't a Rankle, and then you can just make people discard like crazy, because you're going to be Hellbat anyway. Like, Does yeah, no one play like Instant Speed Removal? It scary. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you just want to open yourself for a two-for-one for no reason with Regisaur? <laughs> the issue is, like, a lot of the removal, at least in Standard 2020, is, like, what, like, a Lightning Strike effect? Uh, like, Chandra's Triumph or something like that, if There's you're using not, Red? There's not, like, a Doomblade effect right now, or, like, a, any just, like, straight up two mana kill anything is there there's tyrant scorn but that's conditional i mean it does hit um registor but the like example decks are already like taxing you on those effects because like the rakdos decks already have like dreadhorde butcher which have haste immediately come down to swing you have knight of the ebon legion and then they wait they wait they wait and then boom they drop registor and then it's like well now there's a seven six and i've already exhausted myself of removal (laughs) Or you just play that skeleton that you can bounce back to your hand. The one drop that's oh, like three mana to your hand. Yeah. Combo. It's a combo <laughs> with that and rankle. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to play the upgraded hero's downfall. <laughs> so next oh, up, yeah. we have the Cauldron of Eternity. 10 black black. That's 12. Legendary artifact. This spell costs two less for each creature card in the graveyard. Whenever, you, whenever a creature you control dies, put it on the bottom of its owner's library. Two in a black tap, pay two life, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield, activate this ability only any time you could cast a sorcery. This one reminds me of uh, a little bit of Whip of Erebos, and Whip of Erebos was really good back in its day. <laughs> Did Whip of Erebos cost 12? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
does it really cost 12? Like, how, it seems pretty easy if you play some self-mill stuff to get this one down to two mana, four mana pretty quickly. Like, I, I don't really take these mana costs at face value of these cards, because they seem pretty easy to reduce. And then, like, you have the green cavalier is so insane, you like get it back and mill a bunch more stuff, or the black cavalier. I think this card could actually be pretty good. I feel it's bad. Especially the claws where you can't even have your own creatures like dying on board to power this up. That's that is true. It does make it so a little you, trickier you have to, to build around. You have to like the the thing about Whip of Erebos is there was no combo. It wasn't like a reanimator deck. You just put it in a mid range deck and you just smash people's faces in. This one, because of the claws, you must be filling your graveyard with uh, I don't even know what standard effects we have for filling your graveyard, but... We, we lost Stitcher Supplier. Yeah, you basically need to go Hogak on this, right? You need the Stitcher Supplier, but we don't have it, right? So how how do you fill your... And if you're, if you're reanimating, you probably want, like, big creatures to reanimate, but you can't fill your deck with those. So sure I'm having a hard time getting this to work in standard. Even EDH, I don't know. This is... This is one of that I don't like. It seems pretty hard to activate this thing. <laughs> so, someone I was asking for like fewer lists, and someone uh, sent me a list where their goal was to turn this into a creature with Karn oh, <laughs> and just beat in with a twelve, twelve. Like get your graveyard full of and just animate it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how practical it is, but it looked really spicy and cool. You can do that with any of these artifacts, right? Like the whole cycle, yeah. they they get their cost reduced, and then you're like Karn, haha. <laughs> <laughs> I have a twelve twelve here. The the <laughs> thing you. is what Karn like the great creator deck is loaded with creatures. Yeah, that that this is one. true. It's a little it's an awkward <laughs> yeah, 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 it's yeah. an awkward fit. It, it, it's the alter it's the alternate win con <laughs> to your uh dredge standard reanimator deck. You you put Karn oh, in. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every deck I mean I, I play Karn in modern, so <laughs> in a non artifact deck. Alright. Uh okay, last card. Uh, we want to talk about is Brazen Borrower. Wait, second last card. One more card after this. One blue blue, three one fairy rogue. It has an adventure called Petty Thief. That's one in a blue. Return target non-land permanent and opponent controls to its owner's hand. Uh, the actual creature is a three one flash flying Brazen Borrower can only block creatures with flying. This card is amazing. It's like I absolutely love this card. <laughs> If you're in the like the same like if you're even like not even as good as Vendillion Click but somewhere in the same ballpark, I think that's good enough for. And like on top of that, you have the ability to dispersal something. That's just that's that's a solid ability. It, it's not flashy, but it's very it's very efficient. Well, it is yeah. flashy, I guess. <laughs> Literally flashy. Uh, but, uh, but what if there's a Teferi? <laughs> Well, you know, but what if there's a Teferi for every situation, right? <laughs> Here's It's the same answer. I eh, hope they don't have it. <laughs> I mean, And you can also have, efficiently deal have. with it, right? Like, I mean, for some decks like uh, like like a Simic Flash deck or something like that can actually now have a, a way of just bouncing a Teferi back. Because if there, there's a certain point in the game where if I just uptick Teferi enough times, you'll never be able to remove it. Yeah, that is true. I mean, I think the card is pretty strong both halves are just like on curve and then you get the natural card advantage of being an adventure so i still don't like it at mythic really it, it feels like a rare to me i still think it's a mythic but it's undoubtedly a very powerful card i think it'll see a lot of play yeah same yeah agreed so we have the full spoiler out pre-release starts on 
Wednesday. I guess tomorrow for for you early access guys. Uh, Friday is the actual paper pre-release. What are you guys thinking about the set? Um, I want to open a lot, a lot of cards. <laughs> like uh, that, that's okay. legitimately that's 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 what I so far I I just absolutely love the whole set in every way and I like. The the thing here is it's so hard to get a full read on the set because everything seems so strong. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely a really powerful set, and I am glad it's pretty powerful. Coming off of, like, War of the Spark, which is also pretty powerful, but I definitely think it's going to have a pretty large immediate impact on Standard. I think Knights were definitely designed in a way to make them standard playable, so I think we'll have a Knight's deck uh, right away, some sort of Knight aggro deck, and just looking over all the other cards, I think people are, in some ways, even though people are saying this, that's really powerful, I also think people are like just underestimating some of the cards that I think are actually going to be even stronger than people are thinking. Like, Oku is a good example, yep. I think that's catching on now. I think Rankle is another one that people are going to be surprised how good it is, and just like the adventure mechanic in general. Like, I think people are sleeping on the fact that you essentially everyone is essentially generating card advantage because you get to cast a creature from your exile zone so all of these even the ones that don't look that great when you consider that they're essentially drawing you a card uh, i think the yeah the set's going to be very strong and maybe even stronger than people are giving it credit for and i think people are thinking of it as a strong set in general but still it might be even more powerful than that yeah i mean like there, there's cards like into the story like we're not even we're talking about the rares and the mythics but what about the uncommons too there's like into the story epic downfall there's a lot of solid cards at uncommon that i could see like being big players in standard there's the the like i know that it may not seem like much but that discard spell the the specter shriek i think that and like like i think specter shriek yeah, the set, like, there's a lot of solid uncommon options, I think, in, in standard right now. I, I don't know about Spectre Shriek in specific. We'll, we'll, we'll see with that one. We also didn't talk about the castles, which I think are just like super strong, way better. I was surprised how many people were like, meh, these aren't that good. I think they're incredibly strong and we'll see a lot of play in standard as well. So. Oh, that was our last preview that I totally skipped over. We have the castles. So they enter taps unless you control a plains or a swamp or whatever. Uh, they tap to add a color of that mana. And then they all have an ability. So the white one is four tap, create a human. Black one is three tap, draw a card, lose life equal number of cards in your hand. Red is three tap, plus one, plus zero. Blue is four tap, scry two. Green is four tap, add six. Only to cast creature spells or activate abilities of creatures. Which I love every one of the best? Um, I think the green, the like in standard, strictly speaking, I think the green, though maybe like green and red. I'm really high on the red one. That's that's my pick for number one. It just seems so easy to take advantage of. Uh, the green one it taps for two mana. Every land that taps for two mana has been very good. I don't think there's even any exceptions in Magic's history, so I think that one will be really good. But I actually think they're just in the right deck. I think they're all very strong cards like the opportunity cost is just so low because it's so easy for these to come into play untapped and there's not really a way to get punished in standard there's no blood moon there's no field of ruin anymore so there's not really any downside as long as you can make these come into play untapped so i expect that they're all going to see pretty heavy play even the ones that aren't as powerful how good is the black one and the black one by the way looks like a star destroyer <laughs> just saying it i th- does 
I think I think you got to build around that more than the rest. I think the other ones like are pretty easy just to slot into a deck. I think you kind of really want to be aggro. I think the life loss really adds up for anything else. But if you're playing like Rakdos aggro, mono black aggro, a deck like that, then I think it's going to be very strong. Like if it's just three mana tap, draw a card, lose a life because you're constantly running hellbent, then I think the card is one of the most strong in the decks that can support it. Yeah. And, and, and like, I, I think obviously all these are going to get played, but like Castle can go into like a control deck. Like, like Seth had mentioned, uh, the Castle Vantress that is, and then, uh, the, the Black Castle, obviously very good in decks that just dump their hand, but my, my pick is the green one is probably the best. And I, maybe, maybe the white one also gets played somewhere, but like, I, I think the green one's absolutely like bonkers. I think green is maybe tops for modern. The more I like hear people talk about it, I think, uh, primeval titan decks, it's going to be very good in. And I also like the red one in certain decks in modern, like goblin style decks where you're going wide. It seems like, uh, it could be very strong in those decks. Oh yeah. I mean, well, if, if we we're talking about then the modern ones, like I think, uh, like, the the black one can go in like death shadow and stuff like that and 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 you Ooh. know yeah like I I think I'll, there, there's these cards do have applications I wouldn't play more than like one <laughs> does death shadow you, ever make it to four mana that is my question <laughs> uh, you'd be surprised well I guess because my games go long yes <laughs> <laughs> they should always come into play untapped in modern and like starting yeah. on turn two with fetch lands and shock lands it's like almost impossible that they're going to come into play tapped although then you can get punished more by like blood moons and stuff compared to standard it's more of the monocolored part of it for for modern yeah like if there's anything that holds it back from modern it, it is the fact that it is a monocolored land I, I i the being punished by blood moon i think one land like this one land versus you know your 23 other non-basics it's like eh. i think i'm losing a blood think, moon anyways yeah I, I think where it comes into play like you can't you can't just take out basics for these, I don't think. Like, no. it would be tempting to be like, oh, I'm just going to cut my basics and play castles, but then you could get wrecked by Blood Moon pretty hard. Right. Everyone gets like, wrecked I by would... Blood Moon in modern Seth. <laughs> Let me tell you, like, <laughs> yeah. two color decks get totally wrecked by Blood Moon, right? So, because you don't play, like, you know, eight, eight basics, right? You play, like, a full set of fetches, dual lands, fast lands. So. I don't think it matters. I think you're going to get wrecked by Blood Moon anyway. Uh, So you play your castles, right? But it will replace, uh, you know, maybe like a utility lands, Field of Ruin or something. Uh, But normally most decks just play a handful of basics, so you can't even cut those, right? You always need some for Path to Exile, Assassin's Trophy, whatever. Yep. Uh, All right. So any other Throne of Eldraine thoughts before we uh, move on to our other topics today? Uh, no. All right, so uh, our next topic is actually sort of Throne of Eldorane adjacent, I guess. They announced last week Throne of Eldorane Deluxe Collection. So, uh, Richard, what comes in this product? And also, how much does this cost if people want one? All right, so Wizards is selling this directly on their website. It costs $450 (laughs) starting October 2nd, okay? Hmm. Uh, what does it come with? It comes with 16 Throne of Eldraine collector boosters. That is the bulk of this product. We're, we're going to put an asterisk there. We're going to come back to what these are because I don't know. <laughs> it is. Uh, we talked about these collector boosters way back. But you get 16 of them. You get a binder with the Eldraine logo on it. You get a foil Garrick, a borderless Planeswalker card. You get an art print of Garrick. You get a non-foil version of Kenrith. You get a three by three strip from a foil sheet of Throne of Eldraine. 
So it's basically a foil sheet, but it's uh, only nine cards. And then you get an arena mega code card, which grants a Garrick sleeve, and then one copy of each of the cards with card style. Uh, so Garrick, Charming Prince, Magic Mirror, Witch's Vengeance, Bone Crusher Giant, Questing Beast. And so that is, it's basically super promo upped uh, premium product. And if you remember way back, we talked about the collector's boosters and the collector boosters, does anyone know what's in them? <laughs> Seth? <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, in the Throne of Eldraine collector's boosters, uh, I'm I'm trying to pull up the list just so I say this correctly. All right, so here's what you get: you get a, huh, you get 15 cards like a normal booster. All of your foil, uh, all of your commons and uncommons are foil. So non-foil, uh, nine foil commons and uncommons, one foil rare mythic, one foil rare mythic with extended art. Like you saw the, like some of the Garrick planeswalkers and stuff. Some of those things extended art. Three special frame cards, including borderless planeswalkers and also the showcase cards, which I think are the, uh, like fairy tale art cards we've been talking about. One card from a supplemental product, like, uh, the Brawl decks, for example and then one foil token. So everything is pretty sweet. Uh, basically a bunch of foils, some of the special frame cards, uh, something from a supplemental product, a foil token. I don't know. Uh, what? They're obviously cool, but are they as cool as their price tag suggests? That's, that's what my question is. Uh, I don't know if either of you saw the stream where they announced a deluxe collection. They actually opened two or three collector's boosters, and, I mean, you got, they, there was some really cool stuff. They opened, like, a full art fabled passage, which I'm sure is gonna be, like, ridiculously expensive, but then they opened some other packs where, like, all their special frame cards were commons, and their rare wasn't very good, just, like, a bulk rare, and I was like, oh, boy, if I, and then they had, like, a random, like, Brawl deck card or Planeswalker deck card that no one cares about, I was like, oh, if I spent $35 on this and got a bunch of foils and common special frame cards, I would be so disappointed. Yeah, I I guess... Like, I, I don't know, I like all the artworks for it, and and I guess I'd be pretty happy to, to open those. If, if I'm looking to only get, like, foil mythics and whatnot, I guess that, that, that would be kind of heartbreaking. But, I don't know, I like all the alternate arts, right? Like, the fairy tale arts. Like, you get how many of those, again? Uh, you get three special frame cards, which could be the showcase cards or borderless planeswalkers. So up to three. As long as, like, I'm, I, I actually would, I don't even know if I'd want the borderless planeswalkers. I'd more so just want the fairy tale arts. Those are so sweet. I love the fairy tale arts too, though, but if they're all, like, random commons, <laughs> I just feel like, oh, I could probably buy them for, like, a dollar. Do you $450? Yeah. Like, oh, like, I, I, no, no, no. I, no, 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 no. I, I, mean, I, I didn't even like, well, actually, no, I, I'm lying. I, I did $450 like the Mythic Edition, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think you $450 liked a Jace. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but you did not $450 like Oversized Teferi. Okay, Almost. Oversized Teferi? Oh. Come on, I can't, I can't even <laughs> shuffle that. <laughs> but I mean, it's, so it's a booster think, product, right? So. You know, like you can buy a box of Modern Masters or Modern Horizons or whatever, open nothing. You can buy this $450 product, open nothing. Or I'm sure you can open some Chase Mythic that'll be worth like twice the product's price. So it is a, it is a gamble. Now, 
my intuition is they'll make so the question is how many of these will they make uh did they actually say they did not but it does say it's limited one per person so it is limited supply although the collector's boosters some amount are also distributed to local game stores like you can order them right now on tcg player and stuff so so if they're unlimited if they're unlimited print run right then it's almost most certainly better to buy singles uh but if this is one of those cases where they sell out and then the only way to get a sealed product is to pay like 2x the price or something uh then the cards will be outrageously expensive uh but i i don't know like it's so expensive. It's four hundred. Like Wizards just keeps upping their <laughs> the price tag on these, seeing if Magic players will bite. Right, like four hundred and fifty dollars. Like, and and also this one is a gamble. Like this is a straight up booster product. What we've seen in the past with like Mythic Edition, you're guaranteed to get like the eight Planeswalkers or whatever. So you can look at it and be like, oh, I know I'm getting this Jace that's worth X amount of dollars. So it's definitely worth it. I think with a deluxe collection. You're going to have the same variance almost as opening normal packs where you could run poorly theoretically when before with the really expensive products that Wizards have sold directly, you're kind of guaranteed like a floor of value by getting like the Mythic Edition Bladeswalkers. So it'll be interesting to see like how many people are willing to take the gamble. Also, I'm really waiting to see prices come out. Like there's a lot of confusion over distribution, over how much supply there's going to be. So I don't think anyone has listed any of these cards for presale, like the, the special frame stuff, the full art Planeswalker stuff. So I'm really waiting to see like how much like one of the best cards from the set let's say i don't know uh uh, fabled passageway one of the best uh rares probably or maybe garrick the planeswalker how much do you expect those to go for if you get the special printing are we talking like oh it's twice as much as normal printing or are we talking like oh it's a thousand dollar card like the anime liliana or whatever well that eventually like i think in the beginning probably i think in the beginning it'll it'll definitely sit at some silly price and then it'll kind of just drop down halfway through War of the Spark like Lily did. Yeah, I, I think I have a feeling this will be very popular and I think the, the curveball they're throwing here is the arena exclusives. Or is it exclusive? I don't even know. It is. No, it's not. It, the sleeve stated. is exclusive. It says exquisite sleeve. Is it exclusive? Will they give us other um, ways of getting it? Because if well, not guess- if you want arena exclusives like the, the Garrett card style or the Garrett sleeves this is the only way to get it. So either you fork out the money for this or you rebuy it on eBay after someone buys this and, uh, you know, splits it out. Uh, so I think like the arena part of it actually is some value and I think people will buy it because of it. Well, I actually think the arena part is pretty disappointing. What? It's free. (laughs) It's on top of your 16 boosters. I I guess that's true. If you're looking at it like free value, but I don't see it as a reason to buy it. Like, you're only getting one of each copy along with a card style. Like, I don't know. I don't know if that deserves the name Mega Code. Like, (laughs) Like, when I heard Mega Code, I was expecting, like, one of each card in the set or, like, something ridiculous. But it's like, oh, it's six Mythics and you get the card style on a sleeve. Like, is that really Mega? Uh, I'm... I mean, I guess when it comes to what Seth brings up with the whole mega thing, I do, I was like, oh, well, would there be like a few booster packs also involved in like for arena and stuff or, or, but, but it's just the cards and the style. It's the flexing on your opponents. Like, look, I spent $450 (laughs) for these card sleeves and I'm losing to your mono red deck rage (laughs) club. 
actually, it'll be interesting. Like, I assume that people can sell the code on the secondary market if they want to. Yeah, right? There's, like, wonder, how could they tie into your account? I wonder how much value that'll have. I think, yeah. I'm just going to assume that it's going to be worth a lot because some people will actually want this. And, you know, Garrick's pretty, pretty good this set. And, you know, I would feel intimidated if I played someone with Garrick sleeves. And I guess, like you said, it also depends on if it's exclusive. If you can also yeah, just if it's not exclusive, the, then the sleeve in the store joke. for a few <laughs> gems, then yeah. yeah this would be a joke if, it, if that was the case. <laughs> uh, so, uh, final question on Deluxe Collection. Would you buy one of these? No, I would buy singles. I, I just, I think for 450 bucks, I would just get what I want instead. I, like I pick would just specifically. buy a standard deck. <laughs> 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 Maybe a modern deck for this price. Like, I, I, I think... I think it's pretty, like, say you have 16 cards here, all right? 16 times 15 cards. Like, how many of these do you need? Like, if you're someone who's trying to get all of the uh, adventure cards or kind of, like, collect all of them, this would make sense. But I think most players will have a handful of cards that they want to bling out for their deck. And this is a pretty steep price. Uh, so you would actually just buy this for value and start reselling or something. But to buy it and keep it all, I think you got to be a collector. Yeah. Yeah. And 450 is a lot. There's no, like, I don't know if you noticed this, but like nothing here screams blue card. So I, I, I don't. <laughs> wow. Now, if that was the Teferi, right? when, when they make the mega bundle for the Teferi set, Krim will oh, be yeah, all Oh, yeah. Mega it. bundle 2021 or whatever core set 2021. Yeah, I'll buy it. <laughs> also, I'm a, I'm a little disappointed that we keep. I feel bad for local game stores. This is another product where it feels like local game stores are kind of getting the short end of the stick a little bit, and it's being sold directly from Wizards rather than through local game stores. So I don't know. I'm still a little nervous about that. So I actually feel this one makes sense. I feel this one makes sense, right? Because they're not expecting to sell a lot. So like, what are you as a local game store? How many are you expected to buy? Like, it's one of these like super premium products that you can't really guest demand on right like so i feel like in this case it's yeah. actually kind like, of if, if i'm a store i would make and like i wanted to see if i could push any i would only buy one exactly just one <laughs> yeah like how many do you think your store yeah. could sell right so i i feel like in this case but i don't know, maybe this sells like wildfire then they should maybe they should actually release it to the general well, public but i feel like it's so premium you, you said how much were the the booster packs the um like retail do you know like uh, right the, now like they're selling for like 30? 30 to 35 they said they were supposed to be more like 2025 was their prediction but they're above that right now i guess the supply outside of deluxe collection was a lot less than a lot of lgs is expected and they didn't get that many of them well at 30 dollars, that's like 480 bucks right so like i mean you're already if for people that are gonna buy the boosters you know, like, I, oh, yeah. I guess if you're, you're going to buy the boosters anyway, this is outside of her not helping your local game store. This is a, this is the best deal if you want a bunch of collector's boosters for sure. Like, I guess, like, if you're also like a local game store, like, and you have a bunch of collectors there, like, you have some, like, when I, I, I used to work at an LGS and whatnot, and like, there'd be a few people that would always come in and they just always buy, like, a silly amount of sealed product and just to get all like the mythic editions and stuff like that. Right. Or not, not the mythic editions, the, uh, the, the inventions and stuff like that. So, right. So if there are, if your store has like a ton of people that come in like, and just are looking for the, the, the Kaladesh inventions and whatnot, maybe you just buy one, but like, 
it's yeah like richard had mentioned it's not like i'm gonna ask buy like 30 from wizards and expect to move them all like i'd buy one to two and maybe sell them i would like it would. I think I would like if the if local game stores had the option to get them. Basically, like maybe a lot of local game stores would be like, "Yeah, there's no way we're gonna sell these," and they pass. But it seems like it would be nice if if you thought your LGS could sell them that they would have like an opportunity to. But yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe it makes sense for this product to uh, not give it to local game stores. I, I do. I do also agree with that. Like, it'd be nice to have the option to, but also like Richard had mentioned earlier, I, I just. I don't think we can, you could even really sell it. It's, it's a lot, right? Like it's easier to go through wizards. That is true. It is, it is a lot of money. And if you, and for a lot of small local game stores, like if you wanted 20 of these or something, that's a, a lot of money that you're potentially tying up in a product that might sit around for a while. So I can see why it would definitely be risky for a local game store to buy a bunch of these. Yeah. Like, like, and then, and then imagine if like it doesn't, I don't know. The, the investment on it is just like, whew. That, then you just open them and pray to the magic gods that you have <laughs> oh, good cards. Well, Seth, I know you love cracking booster packs. <laughs> I do love cracking booster I, I actually might get one of these uh, just to like crack for a video or something. Just Even though I know that it's not wise, but just because it would be kind of fun. Did, did we ever tell the story of like Seth waking up in the morning and just cracking uh, what was it like Zendikar boosters? <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> like why are you cracking Zendikar boosters at eight a.m.? Why, <laughs> why just, would like, I not? casually cracking? <laughs> you got like how many? You have... got like a few fetches, right? That's that's yeah, not bad. Yeah, we got some fetches out of it, so it, it worked. It, it worked fine. Seth, this is Seth's perfect product. <laughs> high stakes, <laughs> high stakes, Vegas style. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do a little bit of gambling. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's Let's, let's move on to our last topic before Fishmail, which was we got some Arena updates. They are officially releasing Arena, which I'm really thankful for. I mean, I'm glad they're releasing anyway. Also thankful that we're not going to have to hear, oh, but it's beta anymore moving forward because that has driven me a little crazy over the past two years. But there's actually some sweet stuff coming along with the full launch, along with Throat of Eldorade. So, Richard, why don't you uh, walk us through the most exciting of the upcoming stuff on Arena? All right, so they are finally releasing the game. It's not a beta anymore. And as part of that, they are giving a thank you to uh, everyone who's been playing. So you basically will have one chance to enter an event. And in this event, you will be playing best of one standard and you will have access to every single card in standard. Um, now, you will play up to one loss. So as soon as you get your first loss, or sorry, your second loss, you're out. So you get one loss to give. Uh, and uh, at zero wins to one win, you get one Eldraine rare ICR. Uh, and it scales up. Two to three wins gives you two. Four to five gives you three. Six to seven gives you four. Eight gives you five. At nine to 10, you get five ICRs and one sealed event token. At 11 wins, you get a copy of every card in Eldraine plus uh, an event token. And at 12 wins, you get a copy of every card in standard plus one sealed event token. So you get a free event, any card in standard. You play up to 12 wins or two losses. And the rewards scale all the way up to 1x of everything in standard at 12 wins. Oh, that's that's such a... Whew, I love it. <laughs> it gets my, my my blood going when it comes for to like to like standard. But but then it's like the only thing I get I, I, I worry about this event is like but I can't play dirtily decks. <laughs> like like you know everyone's gonna play aggro and you know everyone's gonna just try to win immediately and, and whatnot. why would everyone play aggro? 
This is not, not like, time bound, right? This is you would just play whatever best deck you have because you only have one loss to give, right? So you would just play whatever you think your best deck is. But it's best of one, right? So like yep. you want to be on the proactive game plan. You want to be the aggressor in this. You don't want to be the the control deck and pray that you stump, like you know, like oh, I hope I don't stumble on mana or I hope I draw my board yep. wipe or something like that. You want to be the one asking all the questions. So. <laughs> So, I mean, what I will say is I hope I'm getting new players who just signed up for their account yesterday, and I hope I roll 12 of them in a row, and I hope I don't get mana screwed during this whole process, and maybe I can pull off a 94% win percentage to get that 12 wins. Most likely is you'll get two to three wins, four to five wins, somewhere along that range, and you'll get two free ICRs and the chance to play with any card in standard for, you know, four matches and then be happy with your free stuff, right? I think that that is the most likely outcome of, of all of this, right? I, I think that's how you got to look at it. Like, getting 12 wins is uh, going to be kind of like winning the lotto lucky. It's going to be extra. That's, that's asking a lot. 94% match win percentage over the course of 13 games or whatever. That is, whew, you're running really hot. Like, some people it will happen to, but I think you got to look at it as it's just free value either way. Like, it's a free event. It doesn't cost you anything. They're giving you all the cards so you can play whatever you want to. So even if you only get three wins, six wins, like, you're still coming out way ahead by playing this event. So I think you got to you gotta keep expectations reasonable. Like, look at it like, okay, I'm going to get to play with any card I want to and get some free rares out of the deal. And that's a pretty good deal, uh, even though getting 12 wins obviously would be amazing, but it's going to be exceedingly rare. That is really tough to do. Anything less than 12 wins for me? Failure. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> do they match no, 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 win no. records? Because if they do, this is like impossible. Like if I, you're 11-1, do you play another 11-1 or do you play random person? Because <laughs> if it's another 11-1, like there is no skill in this whatsoever, right? Like you're totally screwed. Whereas if it's just random people, you could actually hit, you know, five or... You got to basically farm noobs, right? (laughs) Like, to get this, right? (laughs) Like, people that don't know how to play Magic, they just signed up. And uh, you get them and you crush them and you're like, yes, please feed me wild cards. It seems even harder because everyone has all the cards. So spiky, Richard. That's the only way to do it. You can't win these coin flips. Richard's going to try to, like... (laughs) figure out the most noob friendly play hour and like try to time his tournament for like oh all the pros will be sleeping now (laughs) this seems like when a lot of noobs time to log in (laughs) that's a serious question so it starts at 5 october 5th at 8 p.m it goes all the way to october 7th at 8 a.m do you play early where people don't know what's good in standard all the pros are in all the streamers are trying to get like you know the views or do you play late where standard is more figured out maybe more noobs have heard about the event like where where do you play what is the optimal time guys i i i'm going to play as early as i can although you got to get all the streamers that, <laughs> so yeah you can run into me and, and like i'll probably be like oh wait i'll get 12 or i'll get 11 or 12 wins here's blue black mill <laughs> there's not just noobs that you can farm there's also people like me that have terrible ideas and also for some odd reason are willing to to gamble pretty much kind of like seth but with less assurance <laughs> You, you probably gotta, maybe like, I don't know, 5 a.m. or something. You gotta pick like, I think that's what I learned with like eBay auctions. Do a long noobs time play ago. at 5 a.m. or is it the hardcore spikes playing at 5 a.m.? I think you get like the noobs from, 
I don't know, Europe or something. <laughs> <laughs> or you get the really like sleepy American players. Yeah. And so they might or, misplay. Or the people that have been up all night like partying because it's a weekend. Right. <laughs> and they're like, oh, before going to bed, I'm going to play a couple games. I could do this. Or <laughs> and then partying. Crush, crush the drug people. <laughs> the Partying, going out to the bars, cracking a cold one with the friends to celebrate Eldorain. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely gonna play it. I hope I win a few individual card rewards. No expectation of twelve wins, though. I, I'm that's not even like in my mind that that's. I played enough best of one to know how much variance there is with die rolls and stuff. Yeah, boy, that's it's asking a lot to go twelve and twelve and two. But you know, I think the longest win streak I've ever gone in, well, gone on in like best of one was I, th- I, I think nine games. That's and that's like pretty close. Still pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah but yeah, like that. It, it's nine games. So ugh. I was going to say something, uh, but I forgot. Yes. What was I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's move on to the other part of the announcement. Uh, so. Uh, rotation is coming. They're calling it renewal. And on Magic Arena, you will get 10 ICRs from the standard sets. So Guilds of Ravnica Forward, uh, after you log in. So just, just free straight up. Right. And then you also get, uh, seasonal rewards. Uh, eligible players will receive additional rewards for the first 25 levels of the Eldrain set mastery. So you get a, a jump start on Eldrain. Uh, mastery pass 14 boosters two mastery orbs four other standard boosters not eldrain and then 10 uncommon icrs so just more free stuff uh yeah i mean free stuff uh, is always good i think i don't know i i kind of wish they did a little more like what more do you want just it's just free cards <laughs> like 10 free rares i i mean i wish they just gave away some packs for free maybe I think tying it to the, so the, the thing I don't like about it is I feel like tying it to the mastery pass and giving you free levels, I would have got those anyway. Like those are rewards I would have already earned. So I kind of don't feel like you're really giving me stuff. You're just giving me stuff I would have gotten anyway a little bit earlier. If that makes any sense. I mean, yeah, but. You got a free standard event with, like, free ways to earn things. You got, like, free, just straight up 10 ICRs. You get a little boost on your, your passion. I'm like, this is way more than I'm expecting from Wizards, by the way, right? And we'll probably get the uh, play Eldrain code to get three free boosters, as usual. So I feel like there's a lot of free stuff. I, I feel it's pretty good. I don't know how you can feel bad about this. <laughs> like, I mean, what do you yeah, want? Like, a I'm full set for free? for it, but... <laughs> Uh, just don't tie. If it was the same thing, but not tied to the mastery pass, I would be. I I wouldn't have any complaints. I'm still th- very thankful for it. Like ten rares, that's awesome. You get a bunch of stuff early, so you can start building your collection. That's awesome. But I kind of feel like it's a little sneaky to like tie it to the mastery pass that that people would have already earned. Uh, speaking of the the mastery pass, by the way. The, the fey fox pet. Do you like the fox better I, than the cat? Yeah, I, I love the fox way more than the cat. <sighs> this fox is so derpy. <laughs> I, it I, it's, it's, it's so cute. <laughs> it's so cute. It makes will funny it, faces. Will it crash your game though? <laughs> I, 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 it's worth it. It's worth it. Also, it will be out of beta. So we'll see. Uh, I, I just wish it was like a gingerbread cookie or something. Why is it a fox? <laughs> <laughs> They also also mentioned, before you get to fish mail, uh, Brawl is coming in October. 
going to have weekly events. I think people were a little bit surprised that it's not going to be like an evergreen format that's just up all the time, but instead have, you can direct challenge people all the time, from my understanding, but it's not going to have an event that's up all the time. But that's coming in October along with Friends List, and then they had like a a more far out look of what they're working on, and mention cube drafting, which uh, cube drafting would be super cool like uh, i hope that that actually becomes reality but i think that's more like sometime next year time frame because it's listed around like corset 2021 zendikar rising uh but it they definitely seem like they have a lot of stuff uh coming down the pike with arena so anything on there that you're specifically excited for <laughs> friends list i know it sounds ridiculous saying it but after like you know the it's been out for so long but friends list because maybe that now means we have a spectator mode, which makes it so when it comes to like, you know, like spectating matches, if you're like commentating things and all of that stuff, and just it's it's a lot easier, right? Yeah, I'm very yeah. surprised we don't have a spectator mode yet, uh, especially with the push for esports and things like that. Like, there are some pretty janky solutions to get this to all work. But uh, I think the big topic here is brawl. We thought it was going to be a big thing. Now it's a once a week thing. And I, I feel, you know, people might say they don't want Brawl to succeed, but I feel this is them trying to make it succeed. Uh, I think their fear is if you put it, uh, you know, on all the time, it'll take you like 10 minutes to make a match, so we'll condense it all. And the reason I believe them is they've done this with Moto plenty in the past, right? They, they start things on like smaller queues and they try to condense it all. They try to aggregate queues to keep them from not firing. So I, I believe them when they actually say this, and it's not some weird, uh, you know, tinfoil hat conspiracy to have you play standard instead of brawl. Because I think Wizards wins when you play brawl, right? It still rotates. You still have to buy standard cards. So I, I think they do want you to play brawl, but they're just worried that no one will play brawl. Especially, you know, we we've seen the meme. Uh, of the Grand Prix with the one guy who shows up and wins the brawl event because he's the only guy. Like I think they want that to not happen, so they're they're going a little slow and cautious to start with. I I'm just sad it's once a week though. At the same time, it's like uh, I mean as I, I guess I guess I speak from a, a point where like when they usually fire their events like this on the weekend, right? Like the singleton events are always on the weekend, and I don't know. Maybe I I, I just it means I can't really stream it because I stream on the weekdays. And, and uh, that, that's the only reason why that, and just because I want to play brawl all the time. Like I I would want to be able to play brawl all the time and I don't want to have to challenge my friends personally and whatnot. I guess friends list will help with that. (laughs) I don't want to play any of my friends. Go away. I don't want to play any of my friends. (laughs) Like, I, I don't know. I just have a hard time understanding how arena can apparently have like millions of players at this point based on the numbers that uh that keep <laughs> coming out and how can you have like five million players or something and not be able to support a brawl queue when moto has like i don't know ten thousand players maybe and it has like 40 events going at any given time like how could the whole system fall apart if you had one more queue but i don't maybe i maybe i'm missing something there do you not remember 1v1 Commander. I, I remember like <laughs> like two weeks into the Baral saga. I was like, ah, oh, okay, I'll try some. And I sat there and queued for like twenty-five minutes getting a match. <laughs> like yeah. it like it doesn't fire, right? So I I mean I, I we know the wizard's number is inflated, right? It's not active users or active means something like I played once in the last 30 days. It's not like you log in and there's literally a million people playing simultaneously with you. Uh but 
I, yeah, like I like Krim said, like once a week, you know, makes it tough. But at the same time, I feel like they want to see people play it. I feel like they're probably going to balance it somewhat. Like expect bannings or something to come to this format, and they're going to slowly, you know, ramp it up. And if it's so popular, they'll they'll make it like a normal queue. I, I believe they would do that. But if it's not popular, they'll just have it die off and pretend it never existed. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully we get there eventually then. But we better move on. Uh, we're running a little long. Let's answer some fish mail questions. Richard, take it away. All right. If you have questions, send them to at MTGGoldfish with the hashtag MTGFishMail. And we'll get to your questions on air. Retro Twinfin. So this is, this is actually like maybe like three or four fish meals combined. All about Brazen Borrower, <laughs> which we talked about. So someone thinks, well, this card is awesome. When do I buy it? Someone thinks this card sucks. What, hap- what happens if the creature side had Remand Staple to it instead of its current ability? Where, where do Remand we fall on, on it? Cre- huh? Like, um, like so instead of, instead, of, uh, instead of the bounce of Remand, I think. Oh. Or, or, or they, I mean, are we really saying like add a Remand on the ETB? Like that would be nuts, right? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. If it I mean, bounced and remanded, I'm like, oh, I would play like a hundred of these cards. <laughs> remand on either side would be nuts. Like, even if it was just remand and the current uh, as the spell part, it would still be insane. Yeah. I think the card's really good. Like, my only criticism is, uh, like Lotus Cobra or something. It's a card that doesn't feel mythic to me. Like, it's not a power level complaint. I think it's one of the most powerful cards in the set. It just is like kind of I don't know one of those cheap like pushed for constructed type cards. Is Vendillion th- Click a mythic? Yeah. Uh, I think it. I think it's a. I think it would be a rare in my opinion. I think I mean, it's a mythic in Master sets because of money, but yeah, Vendillion Click I think is definitely worth being a mythic. Uh, just because it's a three-one flyer, which is already really good. <laughs> That's and, a cloud, and, cloud sprite, spirit, whatever. Right, but w- with flash, right? It has a solid body, whatever. Um, and then on top of that, you're able to look at your opponent's hand and pick any key parts that matter and then ship it. You can e- even target yourself, which is huge. So I, I think, like, yeah, like, oh, well, <laughs> I'm playing a, a control mirror. I don't want 100 fatal pushes, so at least I'll bounce one of these back and maybe draw something better. I don't know. There, there's a lot of, like, versatility in Vanillion Click, and I like that. So I, I understand mean, why that's mythic. Click but, is great. I just come down the side where I prefer, like, the cards that are pushed for constructed to primarily be at rare, and mythics to be the big flashy things. I think maybe the example that, uh, I don't know, like the Valving Wilds card? Just think, like the, think the limited. Rare Valving Wilds. If this thing was rare, it would be so powerful, right? I can buy that for, like, Questing Beast. Like, Questing Beast, that's a card... It seems push for constructed, but I think that, or like Carnage Tyrant, that's push for constructed, but if that Ugh. was a rare, it would make limited so miserable. Does this, is this really that bad in limited? Like it's a okay bounce, bounce spell and, and an then okay a flyer, but. Flyer with flash? I think it's pretty good. I'd, I'd happily yeah. first right. pick this. Yeah. You would, you, I would first pick it. Rare drafter. Rare drafters. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sorry, you mean mythic rare drafters? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, technically, you're right. <laughs> All right. Next question. Dio Goffk. I've seen people complaining on the subreddit that Wormcoil Engine is too good for historic. Honestly, without Tron, I don't see it. It just folds the counters and exile based removal. In my opinion, Torrential Gearhawk seems way more impactful. What do you guys think? You're playing six mana. I think it's just a fair card. I think it's a fair card. Like, yeah, if it dies, they get two three threes out of it. It, get, it gets a little problematic there, sure. But but is it is it too fair? Is it like a titan where you're like, yeah, it's just a fair card, but like, you know, it's really good. Is it that level? Or do you agree with the uh, fish male asker? It's just like any replacement six drop. 
I, I think I think it's better than any six drop. It's it's right where I think Cavalier of Thorns sits, maybe a little bit better, like when it hits in standard, is what I mean. Uh but but like yeah, like I, I think it is just a fair card. It's obviously powerful, but it's not any sixth place re- uh, replacement. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. I think the question for me is, uh, can anything else see play if this is in the format? I think that's my concern is I think it's so much better than any other options in the format that uh, those cards just basically don't get to see play anymore if you put Worm Coil in. So all of a sudden, all the six drops that you were holding over from standard uh, don't get to do anything anymore. So I think that's my problem. Whether or not it would be straight up too powerful, well, I think it's borderline, but I think it would decrease diversity because if you're ever thinking of playing another six drop, Worm Coil is probably just going to be better for every color since it's colorless. I mean, it, it's that is the thing. Because it's colorless, that's probably the biggest benefit to it. But other than that, I mean, I don't know. I Like, is it really going to stop me from playing Liliana? Is it really going to stop me from playing like a six drop planeswalker that would just, you know, poop out some chump blockers like a, a Garrick can just throw two wolves in front of it, which if you swing with the worm coil, you only get my Garrick closer to alting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's, I think it's a fair card. I don't think it's too good. Yeah. I don't because think it's, it's too so good. I think slow. it's just fair. It's so slow that it's not going to invalidate archetypes. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the reason, like, you know, if you can trot it out, yeah, then it becomes ridiculous because like, haha, good luck aggro decks. But since it's you're playing it on six, maybe on turn five, it's just a six mana six six with things, and we have plenty of those available to us. So it is an option, <laughs> and it does not have hex proof, so Teferi <laughs> can bounce it. Yeah, right. So I, I don't think it warps it. the meta game or anything. So I think it's fine. <laughs> I, I don't think you would always unanimously put this as your six drop. I think you have to think, and there are other contenders that do things that you would put in oh, with it. That would do what, even what more. What card things. in our current standard format? Would you possibly what six drop in our current standard format, which would be historic, would you consider playing overworm coil? Strictly just Lock, six drop? Lockmere serpent. Or like <laughs> it just like I think the thing for me is I thought historic was supposed to be like, okay, your cards still have value after rotation. You get to keep playing your cards after rotation. When if you put in these really powerful old cards, then you don't really get to do that because you got to buy the old that, cards that is true because I, they're I better than the cards like that's my concern more than i don't think it would break the format but i think it takes away from like the oh you get to keep playing your stuff aspect of historic which is what it was originally billed as i i would still play garrick yeah, but garrick okay. didn't rotate <laughs> oh well i mean i guess like once like i guess with rotation yeah. like this upcoming rotation well yeah. hold on but Lockmere serpent didn't rotate either <laughs> <laughs> i mean no one plays six drops right like that's the thing yeah like, that's like, why we can't name any Right, so well, that's because worm coil isn't in standard. Whew. But we, Lily, we would be playing six drops if we had a worm coil. So when I worm coil Lily. was in standard, no one really played it. Right, it was like sideboard material. No, no I mean, no, granted, we had titans, but uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, titans made like worm coil look like not that great at all. So, I mean, the, the thing about worm coil is just I, I I don't know. I mean, I play Lily, I play Ugin, I play those right now. I play Chandra, which by the way, Chandra can. Well, I mean, Grim never cares about any creature, right? Because yeah, that's, that's he plays true. a control deck. Like he's like whatever, as long as it's have hexproof and can be countered, <laughs> I'm good, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Also true, I do have a special spot for just winning with planeswalkers, and but like planeswalkers do a lot more than just a six six to me. Yeah. I know that that's that's weird to hear, but like planeswalkers do way more than just a six six. All right, uh, last question, Lord of Mies. Seth thinks fetches are coming to Zendikar. I don't contest this view. If that happens, what do you guys think of historic? 
uh, with modern mana bases with fetches and shocks. Uh-huh. I'm fine with it. I think uh, the things I think wizards mana, hate. <laughs> Shuffling. I think having good mana allows allows uh, allows you to do a lot of cool things. I think historic with good mana would be sweet and. Since Historic's on Arena and shuffling isn't a thing, I don't even know if I buy the shuffling argument anymore. Yeah, like that, that is the thing I like about it on Arena. The, there's no more shuffling thing. And on, if we're talking about from the sets that have rotated out, so let's just say from what Dominaria forward or whatever, like I, I don't think there's anything crazy ridiculous for having fetch lands with those, those lands. Matter of fact, I think you can go back a little bit and go like Battle for Zendikar so you get like Sunken Hollow and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, as long yeah. as they print a Blood Moon. It should be good, right? <laughs> how, how about I mean, not Blood the, Moon and just like, reprint like uh, uh, Burning Earth? Like, you don't want everyone to play 5C good stuff, and that's like literally all the decks, right? So you need some way to punish that or to force people to play into mono or two-color decks. So as long as you Burning have Earth. that, then there's no problem with fetches and shocks, right? Make it so that there's <laughs> a real downside to doing it. Price of progress, Burning Earth. Oh, yeah, price of progress would be in, sweet. In the historic. Also oh. put back to basics. Just so. <laughs> I'm fine with back to basics. Mono blue, like a tempo or whatever. So you add all of those. And then you might as well basics. just add the Tron lands while you're at it because no, you no, have no, the safety be ridiculous. <laughs> and then you might <laughs> as well just add Karn Liberated. Like, why not? <laughs> I mean, and that stuff's actually like kind of possible if they're just going to add in old cards. Like, if you add in Worm Coil and Dark Confinant and the cards they mentioned, then Blood Moon doesn't seem that out of line. Well, no, no, no. Jace would happen before that, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, I think I, I would think they would try to get one of the most iconic cards in Jace the Mind Sculptor into Arena. Yeah. What like, about what about Power Nine? Can they just like Black Lotus and Moxen? <laughs> oh, how funny There's would no that be? Cube, There's cube no reserve list. There's no reserve list. That would be hilarious. It's like, is it a reprint if it never hit paper? <laughs> oh, think of how quickly you could play your Tef- You could like turn one to Fairy Crim if you had Black Lotus and Moxen. You would be oh. in heaven. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're like untap up the two lands. I don't even have two lands, guys. That's fine. <laughs> It's fair. <laughs> it is. It is. All right. Thank you to everyone who sent in their questions. If you have questions, send them to at Goldfish with the hashtag MPGFishmail, and we'll get to your questions on air. And I believe that brings us to the end of episode 243 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Cribb, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Spikes Academy for supporting the show. You can get 5% off over at SpikesAcademy.com with the code GOLDFISH. So, uh, until the next week, when we will keep you up to date on whatever is going on in the world of magic, this is the crew signing out. 